I'm Jill Shaw, and you're listening to Last Night at School Committee. Ross Wilson and I are here to summarize for you what happened last night during the Boston Public Schools School Committee meeting. Ross, let's jump right in. Good morning, Jill. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. good. Jill, man, last night I was struck by a number of things at BPS, but the meeting essentially focused on four main things that are basic to serving our students. Number one, getting our students to school, just basic transportation. Number two, ensuring our students have teachers in front of them every day. Number three, ensuring that our students are actually taught, especially our students with disabilities. Mm -hmm. And number four, keeping our students safe in our schools. Yeah. And on each of these topics, there are major concerns. In the community, there's major concerns. If you go by any school, you, you hear about it. Every day, there are buses that are not showing up to schools. We have students who aren't able to go to school because they don't have a special education transportation aid on the buses because they're not hired. We have students who are waiting to get tested in special education and aren't receiving appropriate services. We have students who have been hurt in our schools this year, hurt in our schools. By the way, listening last night, this is not the summary most people would come up with. This was like the devil was in the details. Jill, BPS, they're spin doctors. This is the BPS spin doctor show where each of these things the members ask about, hey, how's transportation going? Because it, we've heard about it in the news. BTA will be put to the test as Boston school students return back to the classroom amid the orange line shutdown. Seems like parents are upset. We all have lots of questions. Where do we find the answers? And instead of BPS saying we have a transportation problem. Or saying here's the data, right? That we never get any data. No, they right. just say we're doing a great job. Yep. We could really not be in a much stronger position. You know, some of our transportation staff are staying up till two in the morning. And isn't that great? This is the first time since I have been returned to the BPS for for any day, but but I think for three days in a row, all of our bus routes were covered. That's extraordinary from where we were a year ago. It is a basic, well, that's it is a basic service <laughs> that like the bus will show up. Yeah. Now, Jill, here's the thing. A bus route can be quote unquote covered, if you will, and drive like three hour drive the route three hours late and pick up no kids yeah and drop off no kids and it's still covered and it's still covered mm. right Th this is this devil's is devil's in the details come on like how, how many kids are not at school as a result of transportation if our attendance how many if, kids got to the wrong school or it, didn't get back to if, their destination if we have 20 percent of kids are absent every day yeah 20 percent that was that was the number that 20% of kids are not showing up for school. Right. One, one fifth of students are not showing up to school every day. Yeah. Right. But don't worry. Uh, uh, all of our buses are covered, quote unquote covered. One, I don't think that's true, that mm -hmm. all routes are covered, mm -hmm. given the fact that there's an email of uncovered routes. Right. Jill, every day, yeah. every day, mm -hmm. the school leaders in BPS get an email mm -hmm. um, in, in the afternoon of all the routes that are uncovered for that day. They also get an email. In that email also states which routes don't have a bus monitor for students with disabilities to take that bus every day. So our school leaders. So they right? know this. So why they would they it, say Jill. last our night school, that everything was all set? It, and why is Mayor Wu posting pictures it, of the buses all being fine? Like this is so. That's so I've been by multiple schools yeah. and I ask people like, how's it going? How are the buses going? And I hear every day that there are multiple buses that don't show up. Right. I hear every day that there are buses that are an hour late with no students on them. Hmm. I hear about stories of students being uh, sent to a school across the city 
by mistake. Mm -hmm. And they have to go get a bus to send the student back to the school. Think about how that feels for that student and for that parent. Oh my God. And for BPS to put pictures on social media, to celebrate themselves and their success, to not own this problem is so disrespectful to our families. Yeah. BPS continuously reported that they're on track for the DESE targets, right. right? They said every every meeting, we're, we're doing a great job. We're we, almost there. We met every target. Yep. Yet when students come back, yep. it doesn't right. seem to be that way. Let's get into safety for a second, Jill. So we had a student this week stabbed in one of our high schools. And the student was stabbed by a student who was not in Boston Public Schools. The student was in a different school system entirely. Hmm. BPS last night said, when asked about this question about student safety, they said, we handled it really, really well. Right. We communicated greatly. Th these things are going to happen. In this moment, our systems worked for students, though, right? Is that the, the adults responded exactly the, the way that they were supposed to. They followed the protocols, and we were able to respond immediately and to resolve the situation as clearly as possible and ensure that there were no future, no further injuries. But how does it happen that a student who doesn't go to a BPS school gets into a BPS school and hurts a student in Boston? How does that happen? Right. Someone tell me where the safety staff are. Where is the school staff? Where is the, the, the folks who are in front of the school? We're very good at responding to a crisis, but we're really not good at, at preventing yeah. a crisis from happening. Right. Jill, let's talk about special education for a moment. We heard last night that there's these really big movements made towards more inclusive services for our students. Yeah. And there is a new contract with the Boston Teachers Union that was just ratified. And in that contract, there's a lot of small things. There's more pay for teachers, more days off. There's more staff in the Boston Teachers Union. All those things are very friendly to the Boston Teachers Union mm -hmm. and to the great teachers and paraprofessionals in our school system. But the big reform in this contract was inclusive services for our students. And BPS said, look, we're really excited about this. We're going to allow every school in our school system to determine what their inclusive model is how they're going to serve students with disabilities. Even though we don't agree with autonomy. Even though we don't agree with autonomy. Right. We're just going to allow every school to determine right. that. And we're going to let them decide, you know, how many students should be in classrooms mm -hmm. with students with disabilities. Mm -hmm. How many regular ed students should be in their classrooms. Should there be paraprofessionals? Should there be two teachers, three teachers, one teacher? We'll let them decide. And you know what, Jill, that, what that's going to lead to is a lot of students with disabilities and a lot of families going to schools and saying, my child has this disability. I would like them to go to your school mm -hmm. and be served in an inclusive setting. And that school very well may say, we don't have room we don't, right, for your kid. Right. Or our model doesn't fit your kid's needs. Right. Special education should be any student with a disability should be able to go to any school and be served well. Mm -hmm. This shouldn't be about adult models. This should be about student models. It should be about flexibility in our schools that whenever a student comes into our building, our adults shift to meet the needs of every one of those students. Mm -hmm. Not here's our model and you do or not belong to our model. There are models across other districts that work in this way. Jill, we've had inclusive school networks in Boston for over a decade. We've had two highly successful inclusive schools in our city for 20 years. Hmm. And Instead of saying, let's, we have no idea what to do. Let's have every school do it. Yeah. Um, we're saying, we, we could say, here's national models. Here's local models that have worked. Mm -hmm. Here's 
five different models that have worked really well. Let's investigate them and expand them across our school system. Uh, This does feel like a place, in addition to safety, where you do need, to some degree, a top-down approach, where we say, okay, holistically, looking at the city and looking at the number of kids with special needs, here's what the district is going to look like, here's how we're going to behave, here's how we're going to accept students, here's where students are going to be allocated. Jill, at the very least, at the very least, do it by a network. Uh, When we did our last student assignment system, you know, 10 years ago, however long it was, we said we would have overlays for students with disabilities. Mm-hmm. We said we would, we would ensure that every neighborhood, if you will, mm-hmm. would have appropriate services for all kids in that neighborhood. And students wouldn't have to leave that neighborhood to go get services other places. Mm-hmm. That promise was never delivered. Why not deliver that promise now? So what do you think the ramifications of this completed contract are going to be? Because it sounds incomplete. This will cause further confusion for our families of students with disabilities. That's all this will do. Well, it was interesting, too, because there was a lot of mention of Mary Skipper, who is not here yet, and how she's in daily contact and they're, you know, they're talking to her multiple times a day and she's coming in. And it it felt like in a number of occasions last night, they were really just kicking the can either into the next year or into the next meeting, you know, with the with the conversation about Mission, Mission Hill, it seemed like everything was going was supposed to happen this week, was supposed to happen weeks ago. Now it's going to hope it happen at the next meeting. Kind of, poor Mary Skipper. Man. Jill, like, I'll, like yeah. what, are, what are they dumping there, on her? That's all it seems like is, is that the members ask some questions about implementation of yeah. these policies. And the answer is, well, Mary Skipper will, will yeah. do that. And then you brought up Mission Hill, Jill. We had a complete failure of oversight of the Mission Hill School. We've already covered that. Let's just do a quick recap of Mission Hill School. What happened here was there were students who were treated inappropriately by other students in the school, and there was a blind eye from the school leadership and maybe those in central office to what was happening and what was being reported about unsafe conditions in the school for students. And this happened for a long period of time. And the report that was produced from BPS was incredibly concerning and disturbing. Last night, we were supposed to see a report from phase two, which was the central office's role in that failure. Yeah, very interesting that we didn't see it. What we heard was we didn't see or hear about it yet because it hadn't been redacted, but it's been in the hands of some folks for at least two weeks. I'm telling you, Jill, this thing is and- is done and it will come out. Well, uh, something's going on, though, because Mr. Tran even... You know, even though there were a lot of platitudes at the beginning of his comments, he said, if there are legal issues that involve me, I want to be involved directly in them. I think that was the only thing that was mentioned, that there were legal issues, but it sounds like something's going on. And The Globe published something uh, the, last night. They read a federal lawsuit against yeah. against BPS right. on this issue of student safety at Mission Hill School. On this topic of, of Mission Hill, the contradiction here is we failed. The central office failed to provide oversight of Mission Hill School. And now we're saying for special education, everybody can decide their model and they'll serve all kids. It, it's and so bizarre. When asked about it and, and this contradiction, Mr. Cornette Hernandez said, well, wait, wait a minute, Are you, you we're having, we had this all this trouble with Mission Hill School and you're yeah. saying just go out and have everyone yeah. figure out their model. And the answer was, yeah, we know we got to do better. Yeah. Where's the sign of doing better? But also in Drew Eccleston's statements, one of his four recommendations was that we get a handle on autonomous schools. I I mean, it's just like nothing made sense in that meeting. All they're doing is just saying things. They're just saying things. And it was terribly confusing. So I guess that was the point is this maybe no one will catch what's going on. Maybe no one will catch what's going on. Sharon, Sharon Hinton last night said, 
Tell us the truth. We can handle it. If you want trust, you need transparency, accountability. Tell us the truth. We can handle it. Tell us the truth. We can handle it. Yeah. Last night, Drew Eccleson said, every bus route is covered. Jill, I don't, I don't typically do this. That is a complete lie. Yeah. Buses are not covered. They're not covered. Let's ask families. Families, if you would like to email us, email us about your uncovered bus route or how your child is getting to school. We'll collect all of them and send them to BPS. That is an untruth that right. BPS is saying that all of the buses are covered and that we're doing a great job. The other issue that came up was staffing, right? So we heard last or two weeks ago that we had 200 staff not hired. And last night we heard we have 100 and close to 180 staff yeah, it, not yeah, hired. Yeah. And the when asked about this, Dr. Eccleson said, I think we're going to be able to hire all the staff by sometime this year. Yeah, sometime the school year. But also there was a question about, so the, there was a question of when, but then there was also, you made a point that people need to be aware of whether or not they have a certified teacher by a certain time. That question was asked and he didn't know the answer to that. Right, it's so, crazy that, like he's head of, he was the head of academics at one point, right? Right, and the question Mr. Cadet Hernandez asked was, do parents know right now that, their child may be in a classroom, in a science classroom with a teacher who doesn't know how to teach science. Science, yeah. And Mr. Eccle or Dr. Eccleson said, I don't know. I think they get a letter sometime. The letter should be now. It should be now. Oh, the parents should well, know especially now. Especially if it's something like uh, science. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, but we heard, we, we, well, they won't really tell us though, right? They won't really tell us where the vacancies are. They're very careful, right? right? right. We don't, there's a lot of vacancies. We don't know which schools. We but, don't know which <laughs> age groups. Right. We yeah. know they're in a handful of schools yes. and they're in, content areas yeah. that are right. important content areas, right. but they won't tell us much more than that because they really don't want to disclose any further problem. I know, but can you imagine if they're like AP courses that are not being taught by certified teachers and then the kids are sent off to take AP tests? Like, the, like there's certain major ramifications. And the parents have no here. idea. Right. Keep I mean, it why can't we just call a spade a spade here? It's Wait, why like, can't this is a honest? city full of brilliant people, right? It's a school district full of brilliant teachers and brilliant minds and great leaders. I mean, why aren't we pulling on all of those things and like kind of laying our cards out on the table and saying, here are where the holes are. I mean, they're kind of in the DESE agreement, right? They're everywhere. So like, like, just like, let's just all say, shoot, this is a bit of a mess. Let's work together yeah. to try to solve it. Yeah. It's okay to say things are hard. It's okay to say, let's do them together and yeah. we'll figure it out. Yeah. It's okay to say we don't have all the answers. Yeah. It's not okay to lie. It's not okay to self-congratulate at a time of when so many are going through hard times or hardship in your school system. And that's what happened last night at Boston Public Schools School Committee meeting. And instead of asking more questions today, we want to hear from you. If you have concerns about how Boston Public Schools is serving your child or your family, please send us either an audio file or an email, and we might read or reference or play it in a future podcast. Send it to us at podcast at shawfoundation.org. Thank you for listening to Last Night at School Committee. We hope that you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you did, please rate, review, like, and share it with your fellow friends, parents, and residents of Boston. We all have a stake in the future success of Boston students. Have a great day.